All right. Welcome to Bonehead. I've Chad just burped and we missed it. And that's sad. Yeah. It hurt. Shaw on here, my UK free UK blue one here. I'm cold. It's in the basement down here. You need your Shaw. That is what I said. I need a Shaw. I've never had one of those Snuggies you see on television. Have you guys ever had a Snuggie? No, no, and I don't think I would ever like it. It's too, it's too, I couldn't. Restrictive, that's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, want I to wear my arms. I'm not much of a rope guy either. I have one, but I don't wear it often. And when I do, this really hasn't got nothing to do with anything. Welcome to Bonehead no. Weekly. And we're going to be talking about 1988. Gentlemen, why are we going back to the well one more time with movie years? So with me, we have done several in the past, but for me, 82, 84, 89, 99, and 94. And all those years were great. But in terms of 89, by the way, I think was, we decided was almost 89 is what we decided. Then then 99, I truly do think some of these books are right about it being some of the most influential cinema for the last 20 years. Right. And then we were tasked with um, our partners, good movie Monday. Um, Our partner there asked us, why don't you pick your favorite year in cinema? And I was originally going to pick one of those years, but I looked more closely and I realized that 1988 in terms of me was probably a, a, one of the most important years for me in terms of cinema. And it may not be, you know, when you look at it from an artistic standpoint, that it may not be the best year for cinema um, as the previous years we've covered. But as for me and for the other two here, as we go through this list, I think it will become more apparent that 1988 was a kick-ass year for cinema. It was. And my parents were still together if you're keeping up. Do you think it was was a movie set that year that drove Well, I tell you, we just talked about two movies that we're going to get to in a few minutes. And actually, the reason why I just rambled them off my head, and the second one, you have to admit, is a bad sequel, but I enjoy it because it has that great Kenny Loggins song, Chad. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we are going to go I'm going all the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I, when my was growing up, I was fortunate enough sometimes to go with my, my grandmother lived in Merritt Island, my mom's mom, and we'd go to Cocoa Beach. And, and one of the great things was they had a, a cinema six there right on in the mall where she worked. And I got to do, so that summer, Chad, both of those movies at the same time, maybe in the same two or three days, it was just amazing. I have fond memories of 88, gentlemen. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'll be honest now. And, and, and if you've seen the way we do these shows before, I look up the master list and I see what they know and we kind of stop, try to stop them and, and things like that. That being said, going back and doing this list, there's a couple things I saw and, and seeing their IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes ratings isn't too reassuring. But I, the plot outlines, I'm like, oh, I do need to see that. And that well, how, how do I not know about this movie? Well, everybody knows about Nightmare on M Street 4. All right, James, let's get started. We're boring the hell out of me. So, what's the first weekend? And, January? And by, before we get into the movies, I w- you know, normally, normally, we do sometimes talk about things that happened in, the, in that year in terms of, you know, history-wise. Yeah. Apparently, 1988 was a dud year. Um, all, we can, all I can really find is that the Iran-Contra affair happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver North. Uh, Photoshop shipped its first software, hmm. and apparent and on multiple lists, this is what it says. This is usually number one or or number in the top four. Floppy disks were a thing. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. So was my family. Keep going, Jess. I was I trying. Oh my god. <laughs> I was trying to look up a quick. I was trying to look up a list of things that happened in 1988, and that was on multiple lists. Where it now, says was, it, was that when it went three. from true floppy to the floppy, like three and a quarter? Yeah. Is that is that why they bring it up? Because yeah, it just says, it literally says floppy disk was a thing on four or five different sites. I, I remember when I was oh when Adele eight, was born. When I was seven or eight, I did I learned some basic computer programming, um, and and they had us use floppy disk, and they were still the five and yeah the yeah. big ones, the floppy, the actual floppy floppy. So. Yes. Yeah. All do right. Do you do you want to hear the top five songs from nineteen eighty? Yes. Let's. Sure. Why not? So emotional, Whitney Houston. I do get so emotional. Got my mind set on you, George Harrison. Got my mind set on, on you. The way you make me feel, Michael Jackson. The way you make me feel. A song that I legitimately cannot stand, Need You Tonight by NXS. Why? I just can't stand it. It's like, it's one of those drills in my ear. Every time I hear it, I'm like, I need you tonight. I'm like, ah, I just can't. Really, I like it. an excess. It's not one of my favorite songs by an excess, but I, that one just—I did not know that about you. And uh, Chad, yeah. Chad, do you find it excessive? Uh, and the uh, fact that "Never Gonna Give You Up" is a number eight no, by no. Rick Astley—that should be in that place. That should not be an excess. Should not be that high. No, I um, agree with you that that no, Rick, just for the cultural cultural. Well, we're looking retroactively. Right? Yeah, yeah, we are. So I mean, number five, uh, number five was could could have been by Tiffany. And I'm going to, you know, I don't remember that one. Screw this one. I'm going to talk about the other five. Let's go top 10 seasons changed by expose. Eh. Don't remember it. Father figure by George Michael is number seven. Never going to give you a teacher preacher. Never going to give you up. Rick Ashley, man in the mirror, Michael Jackson, and get out of my dreams. Get into my car by Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean should have been number one. Dude, NXS, Expose, and Tiffany should not have been in the top six. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. I like NXS, but that should that that particular song by NXS. And 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 remember, we've got to do this historically. Tiffany was huge. Hmm. Hey, hey, Joe, what was the most popular book in from 1988? The most popular book from 1988 yeah. was it Misery? No. What? You're 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 on the right author. Yo, know, I know it, it was Misery was number four. Tommy Knockers. It's just bad shit nuts. And by the way, what? Joe, Patriot Games and Kaleidoscope by Danielle Steele built beat misery. I was oh. say, so what were the top five? So you said Tommy Knockers, Patriot Games by Tom Clancy, yeah. Kaleidoscope by Danielle Steele, Misery by, by Stephen King, and Leaving Home by Garrison Keeler. Oh well, no one I ever mean, heard of Garrison Keeler. All, all, all authors I've heard of. So and uh real quick, the top I'm just going to do a straight barrel through top 10 TV shows. Cosby Show, A Different World, Cheers, The Golden Girls, yeah, R.I.P. Betty, Growing Pains, Who's the Boss, Pissing Me Off That It's This Low on the List, Number 7 is Night Court, 60 Minutes, Murder She Wrote, and Number 10, Alf. Oh, yeah. But let's, you know, you know, I'm a little shocked that Murder She Wrote's number eight or nine. I mean, mur- I, it, it was huge. Yeah. But, but you got to think Murder She Wrote, it was huge, but it never like got huge, huge. Hmm. It was near, it was, it was always high. It was never a big rating success. I've got a question, by the way. And I mean this somewhat honestly. Um, Fuck Angel of Lansbury. 
you, no, no, sir. I no. would. Poor no. man's Betty White. I would say, do you think Angel Lansbury is the new Betty White? What? Do you think Angel Lansbury is going to become the new Betty White? I mean, she's not young. and she's No, she's a different kind of person. She's the new queen. Yeah, yeah. She did not have Betty White's personality. I'm sorry. I do like she it. She also didn't have Betty White's eyes. Or is it Betty yes. Davis's? Which one didn't she have? Well, she can get them now. They're just dig them. Dig her ass up. All right. All right. So let's get this going. Let's get this going. First week right. in James. According to the numbers, on January 1st, one film was released. <gasps> and that film, gentlemen, was The Deceivers. The Deceivers was directed by guest of the show, Nicholas Meyer, uh-huh. and starred Pierce Brosnan. I've never seen it. It is a fact based account of a secret society of murderers and the man who exposed them in the in british india in 1825 hmm. so uh probably the only name that most people would recognize that is in it is pierce brosnan he was the main main star um has a lot of uh talent from india as well so they kind of but nicholas meyer directed it and and it, like i said it was the first one when we when i was prepping for this list i said oh i need to see that yeah so there you go Okay. Hmm. All right. What's the next weekend? Any comments there? Okay, we'll move no, on. Let's no, keep roll on. Because I don't want this to be three hours. January 8th. January. Well, if you would stop interrupting. January 8th saw nothing released. Really? January 5th, January 15th saw the following films released. Uh, I'll do them in from lowest to highest. Uh uh rent a cop ah with burt i love rent a cop i liked it as a kid how bad is it now it's terrible so he has a biker helmet and that uzi the yeah dude and you you have to believe and you have to believe that liza minnelli is a high-end call girl (laughs) i believe burt reynolds was a high-end call girl before i would believe liza minnelli but but I will say this, uh, Burt Reynolds, of course, anything Burt Reynolds, he's entertaining and rent a cop. I actually saw this uh, last year, believe it or not. <laughs> I remember I remember I remember the the guy I, like I said, I remember the assassin with with the motorcycle helmet, right? Chad black and all black outfit and the Uzi kind of yeah. silencer on it. Yep. Yep. Go, James. Uh rent a cop was beat out by Return of the Living Dead part two. I we I we have met a lot of the cast. Tom Matthews, a wonderful guy. Clue uh Clue Gulliger was not in that, but I have met him. Keep going. He was are in you the just other gonna one. turn this into people that you've met? Yeah, and mom and dad are still um, together. Go James. Sorry. <laughs> Only makes me laugh. Um well that uh Return of the Living Dead in turn was beat out by uh the couch strip. Oh, uh, that Walter Walter Matthau and Dan Aykroyd and Dan Aykroyd, yeah, yeah. I that is not an overly good movie. Yeah, no, it was. That was one of those films when you look at it, it has Dan Aykroyd, Walter Matthau, Charles Grodin, for God's sakes, yeah. um, the and Mary Mary Gross, who at the time was and Mickey Jones. You know, Mickey Jones is one of those great character actors that doesn't get a lot of credit in terms of of his uh his work. Mm-hmm. but yeah i agree with joe it just never as 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 great as the cast it should be it just it kind of fell flat in my opinion yeah and the number one movie the movie that was released this weekend that would go on to gross the highest amount of the films released this weekend i refer to of course 
the the PG thirteen rated for keeps question mark. Oh, is that with Robert Downey Jr. and and, and Molly Ringwald? That would indeed be with those people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's completely forgettable. Keep going, James. Is that is that does it have Robert Downey Jr. in it? I thought it had Robert Downey Jr. Is it not Robert Downey Jr. for keeps? No, no, it's uh, Randall Back Battenkopf, Molly Ringwald, Kenneth Mars, and of course your favorite actor from the 1980s and early 90s, Polly Shore. Then I was wrong. Um, I still don't want to see it. Yeah, no. I, I am I one of the am I one of the only people who who out of the 1980s did not care for Molly Ringwald? I was more of an Ally Sheedy person. No, I just I think she's great as long as she's in a John Hughes film. <laughs> you didn't like her man's best friend joe how dare you ali sheedy oh is that, no I'm molly, ringwald. molly ringwald isn't molly ringwald in man's best friend or is that ali sheedy? that's ali sheedy molly Son ringwald got topless in another movie you don't even know your crush's filmography i was going to meet ali sheedy and they can't no. get at the comic con last year thanks for bringing it up mom and dad are still together so i've got to stop i know it's only funny to me <laughs> I know it's only funny to me. All right, keep going. Oh, uh, real quick. This is, I, I just got to mention this real quick. You know who is in, a, who else is in For Keeps? Who? The, the lesser talked about Renee Estevez. <laughs> oh. oh, there you go. Yeah. Is the internet Ooh. better now, Chad? Uh, well, you're very, you're very glitchy. You're, you're very, very pixelated. pixelated. But or at are least you just sharper now? As of right now, it's not cutting you out. Going. How'd that go again? All right. Then it did pause. And, and that was the week that was January fifteenth. All right. So January twenty-second. Hold on. Let me saw... see if I hold on. Pause. Let me do see if I can fix the internet. I'll be right back. Yeah. We're back, and we have the combination to the air shield. So, so what that happens was the week, week that was January 15th. We are now to January 22nd. We now, who did you release... say directed uh, from the hip? Uh, for Keeps for was Keeps? directed by John Avildsen. Uh, Avildsen. Yeah, John Avildsen. Avildsen. yeah, from Rocky and Karate Kid and do, The do, Power do, of One, which do, I actually do, enjoy. Do, 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 according to January 22nd, according to the lowest, the lowest numbers belong to The Telephone. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that's a horror film. Uh, it, that was followed by Promised Land, which was followed by Five Corners, but all of them fell under the mighty presence of Braddock missing in action three. And by the way, I was wrong. The telephone is not a horror film, guys. Is that what James Earl Jones? No, it's Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. Um, a crazy out-of-work actress, Vashita Blue, spends all of her time in her small apartment with her pet owl and her telephone, which she uses to try and solve all of her problems with life. Gentlemen, who would you like to guess directed the telephone? I don't know. Rip fucking torn. Oh! oh. I, but now, I never, want to see now we have to see the now, telephone. Yeah, if we do, because I... The owl... Okay, the so owl we've got Shakma and the telephone yeah. and whatever it was that um i didn't know Rick Torn recommended today that i said sound like skidoo and he he liked it who did yeah, uh mick mick garris posted some movie he watched uh the good no not the good christian i'm blanking on yeah, oh yeah good, yeah yeah he did i'd never heard of it yeah I, now i'm gonna see it because it's ringo star and um 
All right. Sorry, sorry. I, th- I thought we should briefly mention the telephone since it is only the only film Rip Torn directed. Chad, off the top of your head, how many films did Rip Torn and Rip Taylor make together? Zero. Zero. Which I is mean. a travesty. <laughs> What's the next fucking movie? <laughs> uh, that was it for January 22nd. But if we jump to January 29th, we only get one. Let me make sure for my notes. Yes, one release January 29th. And it was a holdover from 1986 in England and was also the last appearance of. I uh, just lost my notes. No, uh, was the last appearance of uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Peter Cushing. Film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter Cushing, it was his last screen performance. It was originally recorded in 1985. It is Biggles. It's what it was released of in the U.S. And in England, it was released as Biggles Adventure in Time. And if you're looking it up, let me save you the effort. A daring British World War I fighter pilot, James Biggles Bigglesworth, and a 1980s low-level business executive, Jim Ferguson, discovered that they can travel through time to each other's eras because they're time twins, Joe. They're time twins, and they can jump back and forth. I'm just a regular twin. You ate the other one. I ate the other one. Bo Lewis tried to take the last pork chop. That's an insight between James and I. Actually, it's a, it's, it's a malignant situation, folks. Just never look directly behind Joe. Only I am not as flexible as that, as that person. <laughs> actually, the sad part is Joe's actually the evil one. <laughs> well, that's true. Oh, Next. 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 Anybody, anybody want to talk about Biggles? Okay. No. Um, February 5th. Let me make sure I don't have any more notes. We get a bunch of movies, including... Apprentice to Murder. Oh. Uh, but also, we get uh, the unbearable. Oh, wait, let me do them in order. Uh, Gila e Gila. That was an international film that was an important. But after that, the unbearable lightness of being. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was beat out by She's Having a Baby. Hey, she's having Ugh. a baby. And that was beat she's out. She's having a baby. That, well, that was beat out. Evidently, most people felt like Chad because the serpent and the rainbow beat that out. Now, As it should have. Now, let's talk. about What's wrong with... Okay, first of all, it's a John Hughes film. Why don't you like She's Having a Baby? I just never could... I, I, I haven't have watched, watched it. I have not watched it as an adult, as okay. as a t- as a kid and a teenager. I just... Well, you didn't have I never, common with it. I, I never had the humor. No, and I think... I, I, I remember Alec Baldwin being in it and, you know, kind of being the sleazy friend, but it, yeah. it just, that's accurate. He had, he had not quite found his comedy niche at that point in time. In my no, opinion. he's not funny. So, in it. No, it's, I watched it last year or two years ago. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid and I kind of liked it as a kid, but I didn't particularly get it. Um, it's, it's a, probably a little too on the nose of John Hughes's actual experience in life. Yeah, uh, because he was an ad man. He did that's is he did kind of marry his high school or college sweetheart, those kinds of things. He did have kids young. So but I, I liked parts of it. It's probably just a little too on the nose. Uh, the Serpent and the Rainbow, I didn't realize was number one. I, I'm just going to go out and say it. It's not Wes Craven's best film, but damned if it ain't in the top three. Yeah, And it's creepy. As, yeah. It, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he got a performance out of Bill Pullman. It, 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 there's a few things that fall apart in the third act mm-hmm. uh, because it's loosely, loosely, loosely based on a true story. 
And some of these chemicals are true that they did use. So right. from the Hadians, <laughs> the Haitians did use to try to zombify these people. I and mean, when we talk about zombie, we're not talking about what we now know as a zombie. And I could, we could do a whole episode on this gentleman, how the term, the actual zombie term has been corrupted, right? Yeah, zombies mean, were not meant I mean, to be ghouls. the walking under. I mean, it was those people and it all dealt with voodoo and vodou and, and using chemicals to pe- zombify people, you know, knock them the out. The voodoo that you do so, so well. well. So um, it's loosely based on true story. It has the best, it and Kill Bill have the best, Kill Bill Part 2 have the best buried alive scene. Exactly. And I want to say, like, as a kid, eight-year-old, nine-year-old me watching this movie, terrified the shit out of me it really did I, I was one of those movies i couldn't watch until i was a little bit older because I, it just frightened the hell out of me so right, yeah, it, it did West craven's three best films chad nightmare on elm street yeah man i don't i know what they are i think i know i think i for me i know it's nightmare on elm street serpent in a rainbow I, scream has to be on there but it's not my favorite i want to yeah it's just yeah I think it's, oh, I would, I think it's screwed. I would say New Nightmare. Yeah. And no, you know, I rewatched New Nightmare the other day and it's a precursor to Scream, but it's not very good. Oh, is it not? Because I'm not to it. me. It's, it's a- almost two hours long. I, okay. I just watched, I've watched it wrapping presents right before. I'm the only human being that was watching New Nightmare wrapping presents for Christmas. I, I hadn't seen it in so, so long and I just didn't think it, it held up, but I yeah. may be wrong. If any of our listeners were yelling at the screen, why isn't Chad saying scream? Why isn't Chad saying scream? It's just because I did not have. See, I've got to replace scream as well, Chad, but I would replace it with last house on the left because last house on the left. Once you see it. Oh, it is good. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, scream screams good. Screams a commentary on a lot of different things, but last house on the left is one of the most visceral films you can see. Anyway. Yeah. Are we ready for February 12th? Oh, we sure are. Oh, well, good news, folks. Because we're going to start with Justine Bateman in Satisfaction. <laughs> I've seen parts of that before, but Justine Bateman is Jason Bateman's sister. Jason Bateman's sister, and some of our audience probably didn't even know that she was in Family Ties, right? Yeah. And by the way, she was famous before him. Yeah, yeah. Satisfaction also stars. Somebody you'll have to look him up. Nobody's ever heard of this guy since then. A Liam Neeson, I believe his name was. <laughs> uh, so I mean, he's a pretty good actor in it. Too went bad he to never went that. on to do anything else. And I love how you left out Julia Roberts. <laughs> no, no, Liam, Liam, I think it is Neeson. It's, it's the only and, and one and the lesser known, uh, who I still love to this day, and I hate that she hasn't been in a bunch of stuff, Trina Alvarado. You know, from the Frighteners. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah. She's a good actress. Satisfaction, mm-hmm. though, is about a all-girl band that struggles with men and drugs. And it's a comedy because it's the 1980s. I have and the same problems. The same two problems. Well, there you go. So that was the lowest earning that weekend. Beat out slightly by School Days. School okay. Days. Is, uh, that's not the Brendan Fraser's film, is it? Uh. Maybe. School days? Yes, I believe it is. Where he's a Jew, he's Jewish and uh, anyway. Uh, wait, no, no, no. I take that back. It is not that one. It is not. No, that is one. it Spike Lee one? Yes, it is Spike Lee. Yeah. Uh, right. Now that was beat out in turn by, of course, Action Jackson. 
<laughs> I love Action Jackson. With Craig T. Nelson. Nelson. Villain. Directed I, by Craig R. Baxley. Yeah, I watched that. Again, watched it last year. Uh, is it damn, is it not? Know? Yeah, is it not? If it is not one of the funnest movies from the 80s. <laughs> what is it really? not? I don't think I've ever actually seen it. We've had this conversation. I've never actually watched it. It is... It's just a, it's a cheesy eighties action film, but the comedy and the sheer ballsiness of, of Carl Weathers in that film role is it's, it makes it a little, it makes it a B movie action film, but a little elevated. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I love it. I, I need to watch it. I've never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it. I can't believe you've never seen action Jackson. Yet. I've made jokes about it. I mean, Sharon Stone's in it, but I've never actually watched it. Also, uh, oh, what's her name? Vanity. Vanity's in it. Mm. All right. And the amazing for, Bill Duke. Are you ready for the number one week uh, movie of this week, though? Yeah, absolutely. Let me just name off some cast and see if any of y'all can guess it. Okay. Andrew Robinson. Yeah. Known as Plain Simple Garrick. Uh, Clancy Brown. Yeah. Kirsty Alley. Tom Berenger. And we Shoot lost him. We lost him recently. Sydney Poitier. Shoot to Kill. Shoot to Kill was number one. Played directed by Roger Spottiswood. I did not know that. But yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time and I don't remember a damn thing about it. I don't, know if star. I don't know if I've ever seen this movie. And it hasn't. Did you say Richard Mazur? I did not say Richard Mazur. You, I, 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 you were just movie, thinking about Dick Mater's. Any movie you better from here on out for the rest of this podcast, all the two episodes we have left. <laughs> Jesus, who knew con- contract <laughs> negotiations had turned south? I didn't know Woo! it was that bad. If All Richard Mazur was film, chewing gum, Richard Mazur gets mentioned. <laughs> oh, Roger Spottiswood, still alive, by the way. Yeah. 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 all right shoot to kill what's next shoot to kill. so shoot to kill. kill was number one the week of february 12th we again let me make sure i don't have notes now february 19th no major movies were released they Good. all fell to the might of shoot to kill. No. um but february 26th don't worry it comes back with a bang starting at the bottom if anybody wants to chime in on this taffin happened anybody anybody i've heard of it i've never seen it it did not do well uh that was beat out by a night in the life of jimmy reardon yeah but i don't know anything about it i've heard of it i didn't get to watch it but it was right above it is a film that we know and most of our listeners will know because it's been done live on television since it was remade as another film and i'm referring to of course hairspray yeah. And that was the number one movie? No. Hairspray was beat out by the Amish. No, I'm kidding. It was beat out by Frantic. But I thought uh, he was I'm going to say Witness. By the way, have you guys ever seen Frantic with Harrison Ford? No. Like Harrison Ford, though, I'm getting Frantic. It's immortalized in a, in a uh, bare naked lady's lyric. I, I know, well, let's not go that far. But I watched it as a kid and didn't care for it. I wonder if I'd like it now. No, I, I should have. I accidentally skipped the movie that what so frantic was number one but second to frantic was a movie that's actually probably better known today which is probably a commentary in of itself that would of course be blood sport so wait hmm. hairspray finished third, third behind blood sport yes 
I mean, this is this is in the entire run. It's the data that I have. So how much it made? Hairspray, not adjusted for inflation or you know anything. Only year. made uh, made not, uh, nine million four hundred during. That's just eight million more than what John Waters films normally made. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean it was. And, and by the way, it is what he is known for today. Like if you mention John yeah. Waters to my children, they'll go, "Oh, hairspray." Yeah. yeah. For some reason, uh, they don't bring up Divine. Now, I I like Jean Claude Van Damme. I didn't see Bloodsport till later on, uh, but Hairspray was one of those movies I actually legitimately loved as a kid. Uh, so I still I, do. I didn't. I didn't get really. It. No, I didn't get it. I didn't find it funny, and I didn't get it. And I haven't watched it since I was a kid, so I wonder if I'd enjoy it now or not. You might have. You might, and it's just, so. I obviously had varying tastes from several people in my household. Um, and this was one of those ones that I could connect with that I actually enjoyed, you know, but it was usually hairspray, dirty dancing, foot loose. And I'm like, Oh, hairspray is just odd, odd enough that I can get into it. So, yeah, (laughs) but yeah. And and it actually started me into John waters and boy, was I shocked when what I found out he made other than hairspray. (laughs) Well, hairspray was the first PG one. Yeah. And it was, not his it's his hit but it's not a hit yeah serial mom still his best film i agree he does too mm-hmm. he said it before uh, in interviews that serial mom's his best movie and no i have never seen frantic i can't i, I didn't real i it's one of those blips in my movie knowledge i didn't know roman polanski directed frantic yeah so. i i just i wonder if i'd like it now i didn't i don't think i got it or connect you know it's a it's a very adult film and i don't mean like with sex it's just an adult themed film and I probably watched it at 10, 12 years old. So, and, and we've all seen Bloodsport, I'm assuming. I actually never have seen all of Bloodsport. I've only seen scenes from it. I, I haven't. I haven't. I'm sorry. God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never watched Bloodsport. I've never watched, uh, what's the other? I've only seen scenes from Cyborg. You, you I did not care time. for the Jean Claude Van Damme's. You wasted your time on that Citizen Kane bullcrap, but you won't watch Bloodsport. Bloodsport is Bloodsport Jesus on HBO Max or one of them. There, I, I have services. I watch no, it. I have no idea, and I, I honestly, I don't think I could watch it now. I just, I, I've I watched it a few years ago, and I just was not. What's the one where he's in prison? Death Warrant. Okay, I tried watching that as a kid and couldn't get into it. <laughs> I remember trying because I remember it was like that was my favorite. That was, my favorite, that was my favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme film up until Time Cop. So, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. And by the way, uh, Bloodsport is if the reason to watch uh, Bloodsport is not Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's Bolo Young, plain and simple. Uh, Bolo Young was, again, it's he's one of those forgotten action stars from the 80s and early 90s that just never got his due. So I, I just but no, uh, Bloodsport, by the way, it's a terrible film. <laughs> <laughs> it it makes money. It makes money. But if it when you have Donald Gibb as the as the as his sidekick, and then also Forrest Whitaker in an early role, it's, it's Forrest Whitaker, who's one of the most acclaimed actors of our time in Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that some art house people are sitting around going, "He did a Star War," so, and, by, <laughs> and it has one. It has one of the. Uh, and we'll move on, but I just got to mention this. So the whole thing is there, he's participating in this thing called the Kumite. 
and there's and there and one of the montages of all the different and it's all these different martial artists coming uh from various styles fighting to see who who wins it it's loosely and i mean loosely based on the life of frank dukes uh mostly because it's completely made up mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a but matter of uh, fact frank dukes doesn't exist uh but you know they're you know it's corny when the montage of all the people fighting they're playing a song that goes kumite 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 <laughs> Not Sorry. at all like those classy Ninja Turtle movies. Yeah. T-U-R-T-L-E power. I had that soundtrack. I can't check. I did but, too. By the way, uh, just FYI, I don't know exactly why, but according to the numbers, um, the actual first release date of a film was actually on Sunday, February 28th. So it's on the list. Uh, that would be Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy uh-huh. Campers. But it was only in theaters briefly and only made $291,000. But Doing it in order, I wanted to make sure I did credit. All right. Well, what's next? Yeah, what's well, next? There was a Tuesday release, gentlemen, on March 1st. And it's probably like, I don't know, the 17th best James Wood movie. That's cop. <laughs> cop. Anybody cop? Anybody want to talk about the obsessive no, compulsive cop? No, I, I can't kind of. I always get it in a movie he did with Brian Dennehy called Bestseller Confused because the posters look similar, the boxes, video boxes. Gentlemen, yeah, know what I mean, about. The, the cop poster is literally James Wood's face and a gun right here. Yeah. And so just, every 80s action film. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the tagline was uh, when a cop cares too much, how far is too far? Uh, but it stars Charles Durning, James Woods, uh, <laughs> Leslie Ann Warren. And Charles Hayde. So there you go. If, if, if you're interested, I'll I'd actually like to see it because I haven't. Seen I'll it watch now. anything with Leslie Ann Warren in it. Um, I'll watch anything with Charles Durning. Well, there we go. We'll add that. So it's now Shockma, whatever it was a minute ago. The telephone. The telephone, the telephone. and now now cop. Okay, so March fourth is the next actual Friday release date. There are two comedies and a horror film released, and let me. Oh, I'm sorry. There were some other films released too. Okay, so the ones that <laughs> you did look not over do, at a book, <laughs> uh, I, like I said, there were some that were missing, so I had to go back and, and fill How in did the you list. know where they were missing? Uh, I had I pull up a list of every film released in 1988, and I compare it to the list that's published. Okay. The two that were missing that did not necessarily do well, um, but are interesting to me. House on Carroll Street. If anybody wants to talk about that, anybody, I've anybody? I've seen the poster, but I don't remember watching it. Um, and the other one is, and this one you may know, uh, Joe, because it, it, God, it's got a great cast. It was originally made in 1987. For some reason, got a release in 1988, and they released it on March 4th. That would be Pass the Ammo. You know anything about Pass the Ammo? Let Sounds, me tell you this. Go ahead. Let me tell you the cast. A heist of a corrupt preacher goes wrong. Directed by writers Joel and Neil Cohen. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Starring Bill Paxton, Linda Kozlowski, Tim Curry, Annie Potts, David Berkeley, Glenn Withrow, uh, a bunch of other people. Uh, so I, I have not seen this, but I now want to see it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I want to see this now, too. Pass the ammo, folks. Uh, but anyway, those are the two that did not necessarily light up the box office. The ones that have a higher ranking that came out on March 4th would be, in order, Prison, which was a horror film. Yeah, that's directed by Rennie Harlan. It did not do well. I mean, yeah. it was not. It, it did better than those other two. If I remember right, it's it's terrible. I've never seen it. 
And then I'm, two comedies were competing for the the top spot. The one that lost out is Switching Channels. Oh. <laughs> Dad, you want to you want to talk about Switching Channels? We've talked about it? Switching Channels on here before. <laughs> I know, I know. I Kurt just Reynolds I, was lighting it up that year, wasn't he? God, Reynolds I love Sw- and Switching Channels in three months. I can't tell you how many times I've actually watched Switching Channels. I just love the film, especially. Joe, what's it a what's it a uh, pair, what's it a rip well? Off of? I mean, his girl Friday, but it's actually the front page. It, the play right. is called the front page. It's been made a dozen times. Dozen times. But what I it, there and there is an actual movie, a couple of them called the front page. But I prefer his girl Friday. Girl Friday, yeah. And and, and here's girl Friday. It's it's the same style of delivery. The lines just go boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom. And the only same difference thing with is, this. It's not Burt Reynolds. You don't. Or Christopher yes. or Christopher Reeve or. Uh, Ned Beatty. <laughs> yep. Do you know what beat out? I, I, and this is a movie I need to go back and watch now. Do you I know am excited now to hear that that switching channel was actually number two. It was of that. Uh, uh, what it, came it, out that weekend? Now I don't know what it was when it came out, but it went on for all the movies released. It was it, the one that beat it, and only by about six hundred thousand dollars. Is the best film to ever star Gordon Jump, Dave Thomas, Randy Quaid, and Richard Pryor. I'm talking about moving. Moving. Yeah. I'm sorry. Switching channels is better than moving. I, I can't believe think... moving was number one. Yeah, I, yeah Richard Pryor, it may not have been number one at the box office overall, but of the movies but released that weekend, I didn't even think moving was his one of his lesser movies. I didn't even think it was that funny when I was a kid. It only made ten million nine hundred thousand. Chad, you're not far off the mark. It just happened to be the movies released that weekend. It went on to make months. Man, no, switching channels by far best film you just mentioned for that week. <laughs> All right, we ready for March 11th? Yes. Yeah, let's go. Oh, this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think fondly of switching channels, and now I want to watch switching channels again. The lowest would be the uh, what I assume is about Chad's digestive issues. When the wind blows, <laughs> uh, okay, no. okay. Um, that uh, was uh, I ain't gonna hear no story about no groundhog. And by the way, so far, sorry, we're only a quarter of the way through this. I just want to point out my my case is already proven 1988, best year for movies ever. (laughs) Right. Great job, Chad. Great job. Uh, That was beat out by the action film Off Limits, which was in turn beat out by Vice Versa. Now, now, hold on. Yeah, we got to start to get to something that we're going to see several times because there's another movie. It's going to be nominated for an Oscar later that has the same fucking plot. plot. Chad, what's the plot? <laughs> Wait, you know, Dream a Little Dream? Wait, what are we talking dream, about? No, dream a Little <laughs> Fucking Dream wasn't nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's sorry. The same <laughs> plot is the one we're going to talk about later. Well, okay. close. We'll get All to it. All right, that, so vice versa had Judge Reinhold. Yes, I don't. And, and the most savage of all, Fred's Fred Savage, and savage. they are a father and son who switch, uh, who switch bodies. It's the same thing. What's the what's the uh oh Freaky Friday, Freaky Friday, Freaky Friday is the original one, right? It's a Disney. Picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the film has Swoozy Kurtz. It has Richard Kind. It's I've not. It. And Jane Kazmir. I never can say her name. But the mom from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Did um, I forget to say, like, father, like, son? Did we forget to mention that one? Yeah. See, I wonder if they all come out this year. We'll find uh, out. Like when we were talking about Leviathan, Deep Star Six, and The Abyss. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, anyway. 
And by the way, I now got to see Off Limits because it has Willem Dafoe, Gregory Hines, Fred Ward, David Allen Greer, and Keith David, not to mention Raymond O'Connor. Oh. I've got us. It is directed by Christopher Crowe. No idea. Oh, really? Uh, let me pull. It doesn't matter. I was going to pull up his disc, his moviography. He wrote Last of the Mohicans, if that tells you anything. I did too. <laughs> and The Untouchables. I did that. The Damon, David Mamet Untouchables? Anyway. Yes. No. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. No. No. Forget that. Nope. This is the TV show that I yeah, love. Yeah, I was about to say, bud, that, I'm pretty sure that was David Mamet that wrote The Untouchables, directed by De Palma. I'm sorry. I'm That's idiot. okay. Yeah, Move all, on. We all do heroin. James, next week. All right. No, no. This is, We haven't finished this week because I haven't what? got to number There's one. There's more you, of us. Which was... No, I which was when did we get to vibes? Quick, sorry. Off Limits, Off Limits is a quasi-action film. Willem Dafoe holding a gun on the movie poster. <laughs> well, yeah. He didn't get the part in Cop. <laughs> James, go. Sorry. I wanted to... Uh, this is the first movie that actually kind of made a breakout at the box office. We've been looking at 10 to $20 million range returns this movie, the movie that was made the most this weekend, would go on to make almost $92 million, which isn't bad for 1988. Oh, my friends. goodness. That's... But it's one that I don't hear about a lot. It was written by Dick Wolf and Larry Brody, directed by Bob Swain. Joe, do you know what it is? No, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know if I've ever seen it. It's Rob Lowe, Meg Tilly, and Kim Cattrall in Masquerade with John Glover. I've never seen it. Never seen I never knew that movie made $92 here's, million. Here's the plot. A recently orphaned heiress meets a young racing yacht captain on Long Island. He shows interest in her, and be, her being heiress to $200 million, love may not be the reason. How could this piece of shit made that much money? Well, it's I think by Dick Wolf. And, For you people who don't know who Dick Wolf yeah. is, he invented the song, Da-dum. Yeah, he invented law and order so much so that we had to create a police force. I've never even heard of this picture. Neither have I. Ninety-one yeah, million dollars, though. That's I mean, that's not chump change. No, no. It's yeah, a and I'm not going to shit on a movie with John. I will watch a movie anything with John Glover in it. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to but check out the I Lesser of the Tillies. Dana Delaney in it, guys. Yeah, I know. I just saw that Dana, Dana Delaney. Delaney. The best yeah. reason, the only reason to watch Exit the Eden. Mm-hmm. Exit to Eden, Dana Delaney. Keep going before I say something wrong. Um, well, so we're to March 18th now. And that so I'm assuming is... Joe's going to be muted the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope he turns off his video if he gets too excited. Um, uh, sorry, y'all got me distracted. Um, well, you got the you got the, the vapors thinking about me working on my OnlyFans. Um March 18th sees the release of a lot of films. The <laughs> Dominic and Eugene, anybody know anything? Uh, about yes, Dominic? I do. I do. It's Tom Hulse and Ray Liotta and Tom Hulse, right? Yep. Is, yes, is, is mentally handicapped. He's he has he has he's has a disability and he ends up in some also trouble. he plays actually, one in this movie. Oh well, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> he's not actually. But uh, actually, it's not a bad movie. It's a little schmaltzy, but I, I saw it as a kid. Yep, Dominic and Eugene. Okay, uh, Little Nikita. Yep, that's also yep. with Sidney Poitier. Uh, this was a loaded weekend. River um, Phoenix is in that, right? Little Nikita? Yes, here's the one I wanted to bring up because I, I, I want to see it now. 
Uh, it was directed by 10 different directors doing 10 short films that they made into one movie. It's called Aria. I don't know starring John Hurt, Teresa Russell, Stephanie Lane. The directors that worked on it. Teresa Russell of horror fame? She's in a movie called Horror. I'm sorry. But, you know, yes. I was hoping. Here's the directors that worked on it, though. Fame. Here's the directors that worked on it. Robert Altman, Bruce yeah. Beresford, Bill Bryden, John Luke Goddard. Goddard. Goddard, sorry. Derek Jarman, Frank Rodham, Nicholas... I always say this wrong. Rodham. Rodham. Damn Neil Kieran. Sorry. Ken Russell. <laughs> Ken Russell, Charles yeah. Sturridge, and Julian Temple. All Julian. 10 directors. They basically each got a part, and they directed that part, which is amazing to me, given how hard the Directors Guild normally goes against that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was Aria. Uh, now, the, none of those caught the box office on fire. Mm-hmm. The ones that did better, and I use better loosely here, and God, this makes me angry, angry the top one, but uh, DOA would go on to make $12 million. With Dennis Quaid, that's also a remake of a 50s film. It's called Dead on Arrival. It's about a guy trying to solve his own murder who's been poisoned. Um, Sorry. That was beat out of the box office. And Joe, if you know something about this, I'd like to know this because I, the title alone gets me. The Milagro Beanfield War. Yeah, I do a little. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't know what it's about. I, I, that, I, up, is, I, I think, is that the one it's... Um, I would look is it up. Is it directed by Robert, Robert, Robert Redford? I'm looking it up now because it is, Joe. Um, yeah, right. Robert Redford directed it. Yes. Okay. Ruben so here's, here's what I know about it. It's 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 something. It's based on a kind of quasi true story about these Mexican migrant workers doing something. I've only seen scenes from it, but Cheech Marin has had a hate on for that forever because it doesn't. It wasn't directed by a Mexican. It wasn't didn't star a lot. It, it, he is just. Oh my god! I gotta see it. It's got Freddie Fender and Christopher Walken in it. Yeah. And so, James Gammon. And Melanie Griffith. Nobody. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard this story before? No. Okay. I've never heard that, of this movie before. That's, it's that's a comedy, what? drama, fantasy, an accidental breakdown of a valve on the irrigation ditch launches a hot confrontation between local farmers and corrupt authorities. Yeah. Never heard of it. What else we got? Um, well, that beat out, like I said, that beat out DOA, but that in turn was soundly beat by police academy five assignment <laughs> miami beach. beach the best police academy sequel bar none or not even close academy best the best police academy film maybe i don't know possibly i like the first one well i, I do too i haven't seen them but you know what's you know what's fun, better than police Super academy Troopers. two yeah it's better than super troopers yeah 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 we're sorry james renee orba join us he's the villain dude they write dork they write dork in sunscreen on on harris and we walk around people go ha ha dork dork dude hey dork he pulls the 357 on a shark and you know and you know and the best part is, oh God, am I spoilers? Let's just say spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> please. I, 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 hold on, I, I, before I, he says a word, 
I actually haven't seen this movie in 20 years. When the I Commandant, may be a total turd. When the so- oh, Jay, Joe, shut yeah. your fucking horse mouth. <laughs> um, shut your wh- shut your uh, what's her name? Kelly Russell M- mouth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's Kerry Russell. Russell. Um, but when the song now we're getting sued by Kerry Russell. He thinks they're they're doing a exercise, and then Renee Arborjoin is kidnaps him, and then. He keeps telling Renee Orba join us how to kidnap him. And he and and he gets really uh, Renee Orba join us gets really emotional, going, Man, you're such a great guy. Thank you for doing this for me. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good picture. It's a good oh, man. It's better than Citizens on Patrol. I'm telling you, 1988, guys. Fuck yeah. the Matrix. Fuck yeah. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Fuck them. Oh. Fuck them. 1994, more like 1990. Lick my ass. You remember saying? No, 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 I didn't know no. he's right. I told my head. No, that's What's okay. Next? Yeah, Give you me out okay, this. okay. So we're now. I'm sorry, I lost track because of your love fest for that crap film. March 20th. Should, should I go on about Army of Dead some more? Have you seen? Oh it? my god! What have you actually seen? It, James. What assignment? Yes, Miami it. Beach. I have seen all of them. They used to marathon them. I, I just not a fan. They never. I never found them that funny. Sorry, but he pulls a shark, a gun on a shark. Yeah, my mom pulls one on me every time I get on her property. It's not that hilarious. You're not time. a shark. Keep I, going. I, actually, I am in the same way James Woods is. That's a that's a television reference, kids. And Spike Lee actually directed the pilot of that show. Keep going. It was a bad show. It just wasn't one that could lo- run a long time. Um, Okay, so we are now officially to March 25th. And March 25th, uh, the it was literally four comedies were released. The first comedy was, of course, um, it was an import from England, did not necessarily do well. It was High Season. It was released there in 87. Hmm. Uh, it stars uh, James Fox and Jacqueline Bissett. Okay. If anybody wants to um that that i know uh that was beat out that only made a million dollars it was beat out by a new life oh anything new life yeah. anybody no no milagro beanfield war i could talk wax on philosophically <laughs> about for 20 minutes well that was beat out so the, a new life made seven uh, almost eight million dollars it was directed by Alan, by the way and written by him and starred him oh really well there you yeah. go it's an al Mulder yeah. picture yeah. Uh was beat out by Johnny B. Good, which went on uh, to make $17.5 million. Did either but, one of y'all care for Johnny B. Good? Because I didn't. Well, there's two versions. I don't so I can't those. remember if the R version came out or in the PG 13 versions, what's on video, or if it's a PG 13 version came out in the theater and they released it on R. I can't remember which way that goes. But Johnny B. Good stars Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, no directed by Richard Brooks. No one remembers it. Yeah, just I never cared for it. Um, All right, what's that? What's the other one, James? Well, that was beat out. All of them fell before what would go on to make almost fifty-two million dollars. Biloxi Blues. I didn't know that was a hit. I really liked it. God, I did too. Yeah, I don't even consider that a comedy though. Oh well, Neil Simon. Not that he couldn't write another something other than comedy. Yeah, well, and I mean, and and. A lot of things fall. I mean, sometimes I don't think they necessarily categorize them right here. 
Um, by the way, that was March 25th. Um, yeah, even the poster for Biloxi Blues with with the Matthew Broderick with it it smile, kind of implies right? that it's a comedy, but it's not. It's pretty rough. I mean, uh, Christopher Walken's the drill sergeant, right? Yes. Yeah. In a scary, and he's scary too oh because he's, he's in so many movies in '88. He's Keep in going. so many movies all the time. God bless him. Uh, by the way, that's the end of it. Except March 25th, of course, being the Friday. Guess what comes out March 30th for its premiere? I no idea. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I said Beetlejuice. March earlier, didn't I? I said March or April. So March 30th. I didn't know it came out midweek. I didn't either. Beetlejuice is going to kill everything for the next month. I'm assuming. Uh, close to it. I mean, none of them. Let me see. I can go. Uh, it is not nothing for for April until April. Did you gentlemen see Beetlejuice in the theater? I did not. No, see I, I did I was, not see in the theater. I was lucky enough to see that in the theater. My mom loved Michael Keaton. I think she had a crush on him. My uh, and is that is Beetlejuice what split your parents up? You can tell us. This is a safe space. Uh, if Beetlejuice is an 18 year old whore, then sure. <laughs> Wait, well, a cocaine be. problem and a buried sack full of gold and gun running. I'm just going to keep adding things. What the oh my hell? god, why don't you write that movie and make that movie? And I'll pay three dollars to see that movie and go, oh, that, that ain't man. his life. That <laughs> no, ain't no. Bullshit. Oh my god, but you can't do bullshit. it with, based on a true story because. There was at one point an 18 year old whore. I just got to work her into this at all, at all possible. Um, no, so yeah, I was real lucky enough. To, I was lucky to see it. It was, it was, I mean, but, it was just I, honest to God, it melted my brain. I love it. Yeah, for the time, there was nothing like that. There's, I mean, nothing there was like no, nothing no. visually. Mm-mm. No, and no, the, you know, he, the pro, the antagonist doesn't come in till late into the movie. I mean, it's well, he's only in the movie 20 minutes. Yeah. Right? Well, and by the way, you're absolutely right, Joe. Nothing after that movie for the next month during its entire rant run made more than uh, about $47 million. And by the way, that's there's only a couple of them that even got that high. It did crush a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's just going to kill uh, It was just... It was one of my favorite movies uh, for a while. Um, it's, it's it's still still is it's but it's Tim it, Burton's last really 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 there's nothing ever been like it film. So wait, you're saying Tim that was Tim Burton's really? What what what? I mean, there's movies that I like better. I like I think Ed Wood is fantastic, but you've never seen anything like Beetlejuice. Nothing. What about Edward Scissorhands? Mm, I see, but I don't have an, I don't have a place in my heart for Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm not arguing it. with you. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, there's nothing like what, but, Beetlejuice but, in terms of Tim. I, I yeah. love scenes in it, Chad, and it's a beautiful film. But I never, at any time, felt attached to Edward Scissorhands like other people do. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I do. I'm, I'm there do. with you. But yeah, what you were saying the, that was the last Tim Burton film. I, uh, like, wait, but, no, no, no. There's others. I think you well, know. I my think opinion. Be- I think Beetlejuice is is a horror comedy, and Edward <clears> Scissorhands <throat> is a fairy tale. Well, yeah. and it has been surprising, but I I mean, there's just nothing like Beetlejuice. And no, there wasn't. is one of those movies that got fixed in the editing room, if I'm not mistaken, right? It wasn't, they, they, and that, was a cut and cut and cut. And you know, cut. and by the way, if you look at that now, because I, I just introduced that to my daughter and she loved it. And I was, the smile on my face when I saw that she loved that movie, it's just like, the, but watching it now, I was picking out plot holes, even though, I mean, I've picked out the same plot holes Oh yeah, you know, long because I've yeah. watched it 
but you know, still you're like going, how did they get to the point where everybody was calling him Beetle Geis, but then they just say Beetlejuice and they, they've just suddenly figured it out. I'm like, where did that come from? There's other things that, that if you look at it too hard, but no, it's for the time and still to this day. Or why does he just randomly show up at the end to talk to Lydia? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's yeah. tons of other ones. There's ton, well, if you look at that movie, there's tons of, of, of just sudden but jumps so in the story. Damn bizarre. That being oh, said, with the exception of Ghostbusters may have been one of the best movies to have a cartoon spinoff. That was just great. Agreed. I mean, ghost, real Ghostbusters is better, but Beetlejuice is right there. Yeah, I mean, I they had to change it for it to be a cartoon, but it yeah. works really well the way they changed it. They did. It did. It, it really does. Yeah, no. And, uh, but yeah, 1988, seeing Beetlejuice, I, like Joe said, it melted my brain. I'm like, what is this? And I yeah, thought, we, we never got the sequel. No. Even yeah, though supposedly they're still working on yeah, it. It's, I, mean, it's, it was, I say, yeah, because he'd be a Batman uh, again. They we'll see it. what happens. It was supposed to be yeah, Beetlejuice we'll goes to Hawaii, right? Yeah. But. Yeah, I know it. It's that is now Ghostbusters three, right? I mean, Beetlejuice two has became what Ghostbusters three was for how long? Probably. The only thing is, is I don't know. I, I, I always thought we would get more Ghostbuster films. I don't know that we'll get another Beetlejuice film, right? By the way, well, we'll Beetlejuice eventually get something. Beetlejuice did pop up though in in an episode of the Teen Titans Go. Have you seen that, Chad? I mean, I've seen Teen Titans go, but I haven't seen Beetlejuice. They, they did it. an episode where he pops up and him and Raven end up kind of dueling at the end, and it's a lot of fun. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I, no, I mean, yeah, it's just like I said, there, there's another movie on this list that we're going to talk about, which well, is on Broadway, by the way, the Broadway go, uh, Beetlejuice. I don't know if y'all are familiar with this, but it does not follow the plot of the movie. Matter of fact, the opening song, it starts with a ballad and Beetlejuice appears and says they're starting this with a ballad and she's singing about her dead mother. Who I will say died. that I, I saw one of the, the, the numbers on uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade a few years ago, and I hated it. I'm like, I have no desire to see the Broadway version it, of it. changes a lot of different things, and that's actually how Beetlejuice introduces the show. He says, This is, he goes, Oh, such a startling departure from the source material because her mother has just, Lydia's mother just died. No. And that's, that's how it begins. Um, and really then Beetlejuice cool. sings a song that you're watching a show about death. And I know we got to keep rolling really quick. Yeah, we got to keep that yeah. movie. Only that, that to me is still a lucky accident. I know that they re edited that film over and over trying to get it right. Uh, Michael Keaton just basically throwing out the script and saying whatever the fuck he wanted to. And the fact right. that he was a stand up comic before an actor, most people. And also, too, that. he, you know, it, it came out in recent years that he actually came up with the the look for the, a lot of the look. Yeah. And then he came in and just blew Tim Burton's mind away when he saw it. So, yeah, it's just, man, it's just that movie. A lot of happy accidents. Like we were talking about Ghostbusters, a lot of happy accidents. I know you. we can't say that now. We can't say this now at all. But when we saw that at our age in 1988, that movie was perfect. I mean, it, it was really just, was. It, it, I, I totally. I haven't, know, actually I haven't watched it in a while, and I'm waiting to show it to the kid. But I, I remember I, though to talk about what a big impact it was. I can remember, and if y'all, either one of you, know, remember the name of the show, we had just gotten cable because I lived in the sticks, mm-hmm. and the cable didn't reach out that far, and we had just gotten it, and we had Nickelodeon, and Nickelodeon had a a thing where they interviewed kind of a talk show type thing where they interviewed actors and stuff like that and i remember it's burned into my memory because they didn't interview michael keaton they interviewed one of the special effects guys from it and i forget the name 
but he he brought in the props and that burned into my head because I hadn't seen the movie yet. Uh, it wasn't V Neil. V Neil, I think, did the hero makeup for Beetlejuice, but I'm almost positive. Uh, this was whoever did, I guess it was a prop guy, not a makeup guy. The the, the it was it was uh, a she, it was a she, but V Neil is a lady, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, has been on uh, Face Off. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But anyway, nope. uh, it brought in the props of the the eye stretch and stuff like that. Yeah. And I forget. Anyway, I, that burned into my head because even though I hadn't seen the movie, I'm like, God, that's cool. I yeah, mean, I was scared it. of horror films as a kid, but seeing those props, I'm like, man, that's something I haven't seen before. And and before we move on, I do want to just because of how imp- impactful it was to me, because I, I can't stress how much Beetlejuice impacted me um, in terms of how I, how I love movies and how I look for future movies because it just completely changed a lot of my thoughts on how movies are uh, my, my likes in movies. But um, a couple of years ago, I got to go to Los Angeles and for, for work and I made it my goal to go to Warner brothers studios, which I was able to do. And I just happened to be there during a Beetlejuice exhibit. And I got to go into the student, into the area where they had, all a lot of the costumes, the original costumes on display, as well as some of the miniatures and some of the other uh, items. And I was actually able to walk. Almost, I, I wouldn't do it because it says do not touch it, but I was able to get so close to the, the outfit that Michael Keaton wears at the very end when he's, you know, doing the wedding. I, I swear to God, it was, it was like he was in the suit. That's how excited I got. I was actually nervous to be that close, but I, I took a picture with myself next to it. And I, you know, I, I, I just wanted to touch it so bad, but I knew I, I just can't, but I was never had a bigger grin on my face than seeing that outfit and being that close to it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what's going, let's keep going. Go April, April 1st. I'm going to start with the lowest one, but if you get a chance, look up the poster for this because I kind of want to see it. It's an adventure film called Iguana. I've never heard of it. It stars Everett McGill, Michael Bradford, Roger Kendall, uh, and a bunch of other people nobody knows. That being said, Everett McGill is famous for the people under the stairs, and and also he was he was he's he was in oh shit, the David Lynch show. Damn it, Twin Peaks. This was directed by Monty Hellman. Here's oh my god, James. I know. Here's the plot, Joe. In the 19th century, a bullied, disfigured man dubbed Iguana flees from abusive locals, finds his own island, and declares himself tyrant of his new domain. A man and a woman get stranded there and become victims of his new sadistic nature. And the poster, (laughs) the poster is basically him. Half of his face is all like reptile-y, and the other half is normal. That's how he's disfigured. He's he looks half lizard like. Somehow, gentlemen, that did not catch the box office on fire and was the lowest achieving film this weekend, among six other films. Now, uh, above that, or, or in the same ballpark of that, was The Courier, uh, which also did not light the box office up. But A Time of Destiny also failed to light the box office Keep up. Keep going. Stand and Deliver. Oh yeah, would go on to make thirteen. How do I 14, reach these kids? Would go on to make almost fourteen million dollars, which does not seem like a big deal. And by the way, it no, I think the, that's more popular now. Yeah. It was only third at the box office. Uh, what would, as far as what would it go on to make? Because it was beat out by Bright Lights, Big City, <laughs> which was in turn beat out by 
and this is the film that people love to make me angry with or confusing it with what I consider one of the greatest films, The Seventh Sign. <laughs> well, that's Seventh Sign. More movie. Yes. Well, I can't believe Stand and Deliver got beat out by Bright Lights, Big City, and The yep. Seventh Sign. Oh, my God. Okay, that's... so Seventh Sign is the one that no one remembers. It's got Danny no. Moore, Jürgen Prochnow, who's a great German actor, and he plays Jesus, and she's having a baby. And this guy's on death row who was, uh, once again, back to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about that, uh, that, that movie, he's, he's mentally handicapped, but he's actually played by someone who really was, had these issues and he killed his parents because he's trying to do something for God. And he's, he's an innocent and he's being killed on death. Oh, Jesus. It's yeah. I can't believe that was number one. Well, Beetlejuice was number one. Well, I right. know, but I mean, I can't believe the Seventh Seal. Uh, yeah, as far as ah, movies released, see what I did there. As far as movies released this weekend, though, Chad, Seventh it, Sign, it yeah, man, Seventh Sign, Stand and Deliver. I just I, so full disclosure, and I, it's one of those movies I've never seen. Stand and Deliver, never seen it. You should. I should. You'll, you'll I never to. reach these keys. It, no, it, he's really good in it. I know it everybody was. makes a joke, but he's really good in it. Well, South no, Park no, made I, the joke, and now everybody does it. So, yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips and Edward James almost. Yeah, no. I can really remember good. having to watch some version of that in school. Like, it was something like, oh, everybody can achieve. Watch this movie. And if I remember correctly, it's not, uh, there's parts of that movie I shouldn't have seen in school. Um, uh, to be as in conservative as I was. So we're to April 8th, gentlemen, but there's not a lot of things released. I want to begin with what would go on to make the least amount of money. But speaking of body switching comedies, how could people not remember George Burns in 18 again? Holy I geez. forgot all about it. So we've so had we vice have versa. Yep. In 18 again. Yeah, I remember watching 18 again. He's George is only in that for maybe 10 minutes. Well, yeah, because he, he his plays, most of his, his voiceover. Yeah, he he plays a grandfather. The basic plot is he plays a grandfather, and there's an accident. He switches souls mm-hmm. with his grandson, and his soul, his grandson's soul, gets stuck in his body, which is falling into a coma. And that's that's the movie. Yeah, <laughs> Polly Shore's in that too. Absolutely. Eighty eight was the year of Polly Shore. People, Polly Shore and Christopher Walken. Why have they not done a movie together? <laughs> um. And you can't tell me Christopher Walken wouldn't do it. He's in Joe Dirt. And by the way, he's charming in Joe Dirt. <laughs> anyway, uh, 18 again gets beat out by uh, the horror film Bad Dreams. Yeah, that's actually, um, oh, Jesus. It's not very good. It stars uh, a Chainsaw from um, Is that the one the hospital? School. Yeah, it's the one with hospital. I actually yep. met that actor who plays the big bad, Richard. I can't think of his last name. Richard when, Lynch. Richard Lynch. Remember when yep. we talked to uh, John, uh, oh, the director? Yeah. 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 I, and he met him that weekend. And I, we, yeah. This, it's a small world, but yes, Richard Lynch. That was memorable. in, that in turn was beat out by, and I know you all want to talk about this, Above the Law was the number <laughs> one movie that came out. Because Stephen Seagal thinks he's, Above the law. There, I was waiting for someone to say it. Yeah. So I got got to look it up. Was hard to, God, Steven Seagal. How did we ever fall for his, 
I, I, so Here's what bothers me. You've heard Chad. this story before. Here's what bothers me, Chad. And I posted this actually. And by the uh, way, above the law, Steven Seagal holding a gun. Yep. <laughs> he um, couldn't get that roll rolling cop. Mm. Above, but the, the Steven Seagal thing, and I posted something uh, interacting with uh, somebody who has been on our show. Um, anyway, uh, on on Twitter, I posted this earlier. How is it? And and this is what I will say about Steven Seagal. Why didn't we let Dolph Lundgren get every role that Steven Seagal got? I don't. Know. I don't Lundgren understand it. I just is, don't. Is ten times better, if not a thousand times better. I never liked Steven Seagal till Under Siege. I just never could get it. Just. Yeah, the whole the whole his whole sh- thing and just his running and the the slap fighting I just never could get no you've seen I, no no running, I, right? all I can think about is yeah. honestly when you say Steven Seagal you want to know where my mind goes one where? of the early episodes of Family Guy Joe is watching says I can now he gets uh, he gets a set of uh, television with a headset. So he won't bother Bonnie when he's watching yeah, the movie. Yeah. And he's watching the Steven Seagal film where and it's the, the the film within the show he's watching says, You're not gonna come on this land and take it from us. And it pans out and it's a bunch of seals. Yeah. They got up on the ice and he starts killing the seals. And I'm like, that's where my mind goes now because that's the most entertained I've ever been by Steven Seagal. And it's not really him. There's a Steven Seagal movie I like, but I can't think of the name of it. Oh, it's, it's all under siege is the only one, right? Yeah, yeah. Under it's siege because of Tommy Lee Jones and and, and Eric Alaniac and Eric Alaniac and and uh, crazy uh, Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Yeah, it's everybody but Steven Seagal. Everybody but Steven Seagal, but that's his best movie. Oh yeah. Okay. Without a doubt. Yeah. What's next? Right. So we're on April fifteenth, and gentlemen, do you know what you had on April fifteenth, nineteen eighty eight? An appointment no. with death. <laughs> What? An appointment with death. It was. It came out. It didn't do well at the box office, but it came what? out. Um, I got a cat screaming over in the other room. Sorry, <laughs> by the way. You hear the that? Other the film, uh, fire alarms going off. None of the boneheads are helping me. <laughs> the other films that came out that did better than Appointment with Death included Plain Clothes. Nope. It was a comedy. The Moderns. Nope. Return to Snowy River. The man from Snowy River, I, which I yeah, I'd yeah. never seen till three years ago. With Kurt well, um, so uh, and so, Return to Snowy River, obviously the follow up to that. But the movie that was number one or will go on to become number one for this weekend, earning money, not number one again, but would go on to make forty six million dollars. Mm-hmm. Colors. Oh yeah, mm. absolutely. Colors. Now that's directed by Dennis. Um, Hopper. Yeah, I don't know what the hell has happened to me. Robert Duvall and Sean Penn starring in Dennis Hopper's Colors. That was really... Con- Do you guys remember it being controversial or are you too young? No, I remember being controversial. Controversial, controversial yeah. because it was, you know, it had a lot of language. It was about L.A. cops and killing and it was just, it was really controversial. I And I didn't realize until I was older that it was directed by Dennis Hopper. Oh, really? No, I mean, in 88, I wouldn't have got the rep, you know, and, and I shouldn't right. have been watching it that young, but I'm almost positive I saw it in 89, 90. Robert, uh, Robert Duvall dies at the end of it, right? I can't remember. It's been I years. I mean, so. literal years. I, I, I think I may yeah. have been. Was that like, a hit, James? Colors? 
uh, forty. It's about them dollars. fighting gangs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it went on to make forty-six, almost forty-seven million dollars. So yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and it's it? got a lot of. It's got Don Cheadle, Damon Wayans. I mean, Bruce. No, not sorry. That's somebody else. Uh, but yeah, it's got a lot of famous actors playing gang members in it. Yeah. 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 It's about cops fighting gangs. What's next? Well, the next weekend they they had this great idea. We'll just release every movie ever and see if it does well they released nine movies came out Jesus. on april 22nd um i'll see if any of Jesus came uh, out on easter chat keep going james <laughs> uh, um, wait you're I'll saying see- jesus came out as gay what what <laughs> oh there we go we just surpassed colors for controversy <laughs> Percy. um you said it not me no april- i just said he came out of a cliff um a hole i didn't hear cliff. to move the rock james did you hear cliff i didn't hear cliff uh I'm, anyway moving on april 22nd uh we we see a couple different things released uh, a lot of different things released the one that does the least i guess is um yes james it is permanent record do you Never know anything about permanent record no directed by marissa silver so um starring alan boyce keanu reeves jennifer rubin lou reed as himself it's about a man who seemingly has it all together being smart talented funny and popular is secretly overwhelmed by expectations of himself and those of his parents and suffers what is assumed to be a horrible accident did not light the box office on fire but I'd like to see it because that's a heck of a cast. I need to pause real quick. Yes, James, you were saying? So Permanent Record did not do well at the box office, but it was also joined by a black comedy that did not do well that we all have a soft spot in our hearts for because John Aston, may he live forever, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. do 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 which yeah. did not set the box office on, uh, on fire. Neither did, oddly enough, a drama called Backfire. Nope. Um, so those were the kind of the losers. Um, doing slightly better than those was a comedy called State Park. Never heard of it. State no. Park was directed by Carrie Feltham and Rafal Zelensky, written by Daryl Felty, starring Kim Myers, Isabel Majus, James Wilde, and evidently it's basically a sex comedy. Nope. A businessman plans to dump toxic waste in a state park, but it just doesn't go according to plan. I thought you were just going to keep on going. No, I just wanted to, I, state park, we need to, no, uh, so state park gets beat out by Eat the Rich. Okay. Comedy, uh, which gets beat out by White Mischief, which is in turn beat out by The Unholy. Which is in turn... Okay, now, The Unholy, I know. That's a Ben Cross film about the vampire something, whatever, in the church. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, that, I, I skipped one, I'm sorry. Lady in White. Oh! State Park. Oh! That's a, that's it, a Chad Jennings favorite. Yep. It's, uh only made $2 million at the box office. So, so. Lady in the but, White. One of the, one of the uh, Two movies in one year that scared the hell out of me. Serpent and a Rainbow and Lady in White. Um... But that being said, and I didn't know this, um, but, you know, um, the number one movie this weekend 
mm-hmm. would star um, Leia Thompson, yep. Victoria Jackson, and was uh, directed by Geneve, Genevieve Robert. Oh, and that would, of course, be sex. sexual I'm, sex. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Mark? I knew sex was in the title. By it's the way, not- what is it with question marks in movies this year? Because we had, uh, oh, what was the er- earlier film that we talked about? Oh, uh, For Keeps <laughs> and Maybe. Casual Sex. Those movies should be put on one disc. <laughs> yeah, it's not memorable. Or I've actually seen Casual Sex. I've never had it, but I've seen it. But those, so those, those, so Casual Sex was of the movies released that weekend went on to gross the most. April 29th, and this is going to trigger Chad, but there was an international film release, Jahez La Actures, uh, which was beat out by Critters 2, the main course. <laughs> the best Easter film ever made. Joe stole my line. I hope you're happy with that, you fucker. <laughs> You, you know, know what, what I was ever happy? You know what I was even happier about? Do you remember that, that time, gentlemen, with the director of uh, Critters Two came on our show and let us interview him? I was more yeah. happy with the production designer. Oh snap! Oh, it is on like Michelle Kwan. Yeah, there you go. Who was that? That would be one Nick Strawn. <laughs> I know. I was just trying to pick off, piss off Nick. And then we also listen. talked <laughs> with this. Yeah, no, it, Critters Two, man amazing film like uh, i really had a soft spark for critters and then critters 2 came out and it just man <clears throat> it, it's a perfect it's it's one of those movie rare uh, instances where the sequel is better than the original well, yeah critters i rewatched two. critters and was not i wasn't i didn't realize just how cheap critters was yeah <laughs> Until I, I mean, they're just they're just trapped in a house, and I haven't rewatched Critters two in a while. So I'm that's next up, and I haven't done it yet. And I'm hoping that Critters two is as superior because it is in my head. Well, so Critters two would make three million dollars. We it have was, pretty we have pretty much talked with everybody who's ever made this film. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Critters two was beat out by a film, and I just want to name the cast and see if, if y'all can guess the movie. Because it's one that I've seen, but I need to go back and watch it because, again, looking at this cast, I'm like, oh, I need to check this out. Uh, Andres Katsoulis, how you get tongue-tied on that one, Malcolm McDowell, mm-hmm. James Garner, yeah. and Bruce Willis, directed by Blake Edwards. Oh. Um, going once. No, going it's twice. a Western, right? Yeah. No idea. Sunset. I couldn't remember the name of it. It's Sunset, a, by I the think way, it's a cowboy western movie. It's uh, about making cowboy western films. Yeah, yeah. Like in the 30s. Uh, Tom Mix and Wyatt Earp team up to solve a murder at the Academy Awards in 1929 Hollywood. I was Tom close. Mix being an actual cowboy yeah. or being an actor, Wyatt Earp being, well, Wyatt Earp. Mm-hmm. Um, that only made $5 million. It was beat out by something that would go on to make $42 million. Baghdad Cafe. That made $42 million. That's another movie I don't think people remember, and I can barely remember. It's about these two yeah. older ladies with a cafe. Bag- yeah. yeah. Yep. Which was originally released uh, in other parts of the world in 1987. Yeah. It was a German film. Yeah. Uh, the original title was actually Out of Rosenheim, and they changed it for release in America, but it still to this day has an IMDb rating of 7.4. Hmm. 
Well, I haven't seen it in a long time. I did watch it. And Critters 2 only has a 5.5. That is bullshit. Well, that's because <laughs> you grew up in Baghdad. Yeah. No. Yeah. Going, to the, no. going to the Baghdad Cafe was just Monday for you. It didn't mean anything to Chad. It was special for the rest of the world. Though. We didn't have a cafe. All you had was a gas station that had that sold country ham. Oh, look <laughs> at you. They got no ham. biscuits. Your country <laughs> club ham with your oh. country club ham. Yeah. Fucking pinkies as high as it'll go. Keep going, Jay. <laughs> What's I just can't believe that is, that too. was number one. So we're now to um are we in May yet? Yeah, we're May May 6th. It's about time. It's 11 30. Keep going. Yeah, good God. We're at two well, hours. I've got to look up the first film because gentlemen, the lowest earner this uh week was the film Whoops Apocalypse. <laughs> keep going, just keep going. It was a British film. Stop when you get to Death Row Game War. Show. It was a satire film of World War III made in England. It was released in England in 1986. But sorry, I I'm, I'm looking look at up. the poster on the plane. I'm assuming I got hold on. I got, you keep going. I'm going to assume this is Carol Channing. If it's not Carol Channing, Carol Channing. <laughs> nope, that would be Loretta Swit. <laughs> okay, um, so you know what was the lowest earner other than Whoops Apocalypse on what? May 6th? And this is a tragedy because it stars the master thespian, Dead Heat. Uh, oh, Dead Heat came out in 88. Yeah, I told you. 1988, best year for film ever. I only but Dead if Heat. we get to this obscure film called Death Row Game Show that came around sometime in those couple of years. And by the way, 1988, uh, Dead Heat movie poster, Joe Piscopo holding a gun. And Tree Dead. Williams. Holding a dead, newsie doesn't count. Oh, well, dead heat. Well, a gun, newsie no, is a Chad. type of gun. It's just not a pistol. It's yeah, I think that's right, Chad. I think your gun hey, knowledge is lacking James, for a Kentuckian. James, yeah. how dare you, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> you two I dare, I dare every that. every day, every day. Okay. Anyway, uh, so dead heat. Uh, I only made four million dollars. Somehow got beat out by salsa. Oh God! Which salsa. I assume, I assume, assume is, is was is followed by chips. Guys, yeah, sal- uh, okay, so salsa is briefly is one of those films that I had to watch on loop because my mom was into all of these films. Uh, Dirty Dancing, Footloose, Salsa is the same thing. A, a young East Los Angeles Latino pursues his dream of becoming a great salsa dancer. Um, and he is arranged to learn that his little sister is romantically involved with his best friend. So yeah, it's oh God. It, it did she watch the it, lambada the forbidden dead that one we actually never watched i actually oh, found, no we never watched forbidden. she was like she that forbidden that home <laughs> <laughs> mrs no, jen had followed the rules i just want to talk about how much i hate it salsa because it was just one of those movies that i knew even if, with if my hippies? mom was going to what <laughs> Two chippies. My my uh, kids says chipsies and dipsies. And, and by the way, the tagline for salsa. Yeah, it, it's hot. <laughs> well, I just want the mild. And some now, do you got any of that verde? I like that salsa. Yeah, verde. I'm the salsa verde too. I'm that's what I that's my go to. Well, the salsa verde. Actually, oh, actually, what, don't actually what, what, what James wants is what James wants is queso with chorizo in the middle. And well, by the way, and in, yeah. in, 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 in all the posters, and in all the posters, it does say salsa, the motion picture, because you don't want to be confused with salsa, the dip, <laughs> or salsa, <laughs> New York City. By the way, Chad, it'll do you good, Chad, to know that that was not 
the movie that came out this week that went on to gross the most? Do Thank you want to know what was? That's I would love to hear because I hate it salsa. It is the best film to Even my knowledge. <laughs> it is Sorry. the best film to my knowledge that has ever came out that was directed by James Glickenhaus and starring Richard Brooks, Sam Elliott, and Peter Weller. I'm talking Shakedown. Shakedown. Oh, Shakedown. Yeah, another cop movie. Which, and, what's on the poster, Chad? Sam Elliott. <laughs> Sam, Sam Elliott with, with a gun. With a pistol. And by the way, the plot to this is a legal attorney. I love the fact they say a legal attorney as opposed to a chicken attorney. <laughs> and renegade cop team up to stop a corrupt cop. So the, the good cop is a renegade, but he's a not cock corrupt. solicitor. Okay, so Shakedown. You said chicken attorney. I was trying to think of cock solicitor. <laughs> I bet you I, were. It works. I bet you it were. works. So how Most many cock how solicitors it, do have to work, though? Have you all seen Shakedown? Yeah, no, yeah 20 years ago. Years. Yeah, I was going to say not. Not in any way. And probably only seen it. parts of it. That's when that's when his that's when his hair was black and silver. Yeah. Yes. Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Weller. <laughs> Peter Weller has been an Adonis from the get-go. Yeah, he had that perfect cloth of blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, <laughs> Shakedown is seriously, it's one of those films. That it's it's a low-budget B film, action film, but it is Peter Weller and Sam Elliott, you can't get it wrong. Right. I do want to point out the fact that there's one where the bad guy's getting away and Sam Elliott hangs on to the plane and you can, uh, and it cuts, it's obviously fake as shit. But Sam Elliott blows up the plane with a grenade and drops 50, like 20,000 feet out the, into the ocean and he's fine. Well, yeah, because he's Sam Elliott. Because <laughs> Sam Elliott. Spoilers. Sorry. That's okay. James, no. what's next? Uh, Shakedown, you got to see it. We are now on Friday, May 13th. So, of course, what's going to come out on Friday the 13th? That's right, Maniac Cop. Oh, you know, <laughs> I thought Mani Maniac Cop was made before then, so that's it's cool. But Maniac Cop was also joined by Friday the 13th Part 7, New Blood. <gasps> and we all I know what Maniac that Cop. one's about. That's the one yeah. where she can, she's got psychic powers. She's got, oh, is it? She's mm -hmm. got the shinning. Yep, that's the one with Terry. Uh, oh, Jesus, that great uh, Terry. Weekend uh, at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. I can never, he's a great character actor. Uh, man, I don't know. Maniac Cop or, or New Blood? I'm, I'm, I said that too quickly. Oh, like, you well, want to know the truth? New Blood was my, uh, that was my favorite Jason film. Yeah, it was mine too for a long. I don't really like any of them. So honestly, no, they both sounded. Uh, so here's, here's the toss up. One is the bet one of the better jason films the other one has bruce campbell yeah so they both kind of suck god yeah they do i don't know I'm, i have a hard do. time with that one yeah because that the, friday the 13th part seven was the one i actually watched repeatedly but yeah that's just they're not good i did have the uh, uh i'm not going to tell the story it's going to be one of those james's like oh here he goes dropping names again james Oh, 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 May 20th. Okay, I want to give something credit because I did not know. Is it this. is it me? No. Uh, no, I don't think so. I I have not seen this picture, but I want to say whoever released it at this time had to have just as my father would say, had to have immense intestinal fortitude. Because on May 20th, one week after Friday the 13th came out, Alfilo del Hacha came out. 
I'm sure I, my, my, I haven't taken Spanish in 20 years. I'm sure I mispronounced that. But it's a horror film. Yeah. And it was released, and so that's the original title. In America, it was released as Edge of the Axe. Okay. Now, Chad, if you pull up the photo for that poster for Edge of the Axe. Doing it. Alfilo Del Hacha. You'll see why I said you had to have intestinal fortitude to go, oh, did you just bring out one of them pictures? Well, Holy guess geez. what we're bringing out. <laughs> so Edge of the Axe is literally a, a man wearing a knapsack over his head is the best way I can think of it. Yeah. And he's chopping through a door with an ax and yeah. there's a thing, there's a, a bloody hand holding up with, it looks like two fingers missing out of it. And yep. here's the plot. An ax murderer terrorizes a small Northern California mountain community while two young computer obsessed adults attempt to solve the killings. Yep. That's it. Brought to you by overseas something, something. Yep. Yeah. Overseas productions uh, imported from Mexico, basically. Um, that, however, was not number one at the box office. You know why, Chad? Why? They brought out a tree movie, something about Willow. <laughs> Willow. I didn't know Willow was number one at the box office. It went yeah, it was huge. No, but it was not. It made how many? $57 million. I, I was about to say, I didn't think Willow was. Oh, because, gentlemen, when we get to May 25th, you're going to forget all about that because it gets blown away. What's next? Oh, well, May 13th, uh, there's a couple other films that came out I wanted to mention briefly. Um, one of which is Illegally Neutered. Let's go back real quick. Did Willow, yeah. did you, did Joe, Joe shits on it, but do you, did, did Willow have an impact on you? I didn't get to see Willow for a long time. My parents, really? I, it, it's not that it. it's terrible. It just, uh, there's so many other movies that are better and that just don't have an attachment to it. Well, but, and by the way, I'm jumping back to May 13th because I did skip a couple movies that I wanted to mention that was not, were not originally on the list that, that I had to correct. So, um, but I wanted to mention Illegally Yours that came out May 13th because that is Peter Bogdanovich, which we also right. lost. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the I'm other one sure I wanted, he's at the coroner's office. Yeah, as, long as, he's not, as long as he's not running the place. The other one that came out the 20 or May 13th that I forgot to mention um, was Bulletproof. Anybody remember Bulletproof? No, no well, there's a couple of Bulletproofs. You're not yeah, there's the Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler one. No, this bulletproof is. Um, oh shoot, I can't get it to pull up right now. Uh, Gary Busey. Uh, Gary Busey, yes, Gary Busey plays a guy that's been shot twelve times but doesn't die. He's a cop, so they nickname him Bulletproof. Man, Harry Henry Silva was very busy in 1988. He's been on several of the. Every time I pull up a movie, it seems like Henry Silva is in it. Hmm. Um, and the other movie that came out that I forgot to mention on the 13th that I wanted to mention that I think is relevant is directed by Danny Bilson uh, starring and y'all are going to know this because y'all have talked about this before John Goodman uh, Brian James Tim Thomerson, Richard Belzer Richard Lewis and Louis Anderson are <laughs> the wrong guys, guys. so that so was May 13th as well I wanted to give credit for so and if we've talked about it briefly in the past, but it is about a, a, a an adult group. Uh, they were Cub Scout uh, yeah. group, and they come back together as adults to you know go on the uh, you know their their hiking uh, their camping trip that they didn't that they went on as kids. Joe and I had an extreme fondness for this as a kid as kids. Till we, we watched loved, it. Till we watched it as an adult, and man, is it not funny! 
It's now, not how does it how does it compare to Dream Team? Because I love Dream Team as a kid. I, I never still love Dream Team. I, I never I, saw I haven't the, watched the Dream Team. I I really would have preferred I, as much as I like Dream. I liked uh, I liked the wrong guys more, and then just no, you know, I, got a I copy like of it. And it was like 15 years ago, Chad or something. Yeah. Holy shit! There's Holy it is. There's not a. Shit, is there even a plot? Yet. It's just one thing after another. No. And with that cast, you would think. I mean, it's. I mean, everybody's in it, and you think it would have it would have been amazing, and it's just not. It's but as a kid, I don't know what we were as a kid, and we enjoyed it. Uh, really fucked up. Yeah, because it was we just loved it. I, I I could I for years, I could not find a copy of this, and I thought about it and how great it was, and then we watched it as adults, and we're like, "There's a copy. We... I bought it on DVD. It's right over there. It's yeah, yeah it's it's bad." What's and that? I was going to buy a copy, and then I watched Joe's, and I'm like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need it. So, sorry, oh. catching back up, since I skipped those on the 13th, we've done the 20th with Willow coming out. We're now to May 25th, and if you're doing math, going, wait a second, that's not seven days after the 20th. Well, two movies came out May 25th. Probably uh, preparing for more Memorial Day weekend that weekend. Yeah, yeah. And both of these movies would tell Beetlejuice to sit down. Because they both went on to make over a hundred million dollars. I think I know what one of them is. The lowest one, the one that only made a hundred and eighty-eight million dollars, was one, Rambo Three. Oh no, wow. that's one hundred eighty-eight. All, all that has to be told. Yeah, yeah, full world. run, full run. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's yeah, the yeah. world. That that was uh, Rambo Three did not make as much as the other two in the states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, but that was beat out by um probably the fourth best paul hogan film crocodile what dundee thought, 2 not what crocodile, i thought was going he was going to say crocodile not dundee 2 would go on to make 239 million dollars worldwide crocodile hmm. dundee 2 mm -hmm. wow i didn't know it was that big of a hit yeah me neither uh, man two movies i could give shit about <laughs> Now, Rambo 3, he solves all the time. issues in Afghanistan, and we never have to worry about it again. Never no, heard a, about Afghanistan the rest of our lives. Yeah. No, and I loved, I loved Rambo 3. As eight-year-old me loved Rainbow, Rainbow 3, and I could not get enough of Crocodile Dundee at that age. Um, but now... <laughs> well, I <laughs> sorry. like Rambo, but I, could, I didn't care for Crocodile Dundee when I was a kid. Oh really? Yeah, I love. No, Crocodile I haven't rewatched them. I've watched them, but I was non-connected to it. But now I and oh, I, I where are the missiles up your ass? Yes. And him um, being him being in that cave and lighting his gunshot wound with gunpowder, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Because you hadn't <laughs> seen uh, uh, two mules for Sister Sarah. Sarah, no, because um, Clint Eastwood did it first. So what? So that's May twenty fifth. So two days later, on that Friday, when normal movies would come out, would you gentlemen like to guess what they thought would be great counter programming to Crocodile Dundee two and Rambo three? I can no, only imagine. I want you to tell me. This is when you're going to drop killer clowns from outer space, gentlemen. Holy <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, bad, I just never idea. heard it put quite that way. I just, just nineteen eighty eight. It's still blowing. We're Every month has been there's been something that still holds up and still I love killer clowns from outer space. Is great. I have my best, well my best friend is a vampire. My best friend is a vampire. My best friend is a vampire is a movie I like. That also has Renee Albajanas in it, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
So we're the Chiodos are dicks. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, but it also, uh, my best friend is a vampire. Had that, I, my future so broad, I got to wear shades, is in it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're now to June. June 3rd is our first Friday in June. And two films will come out, and one of them will go on to be hugely successful. The other one will not be financially successful, but it's just too busy be- being brilliant. I'm being sarcastic. Funny Farm. <laughs> but I, okay, okay. I, like funny I love Farm. Funny Farm. I, I did funny not Farm. like I Funny Farm. I, like I didn't funny find Farm. it funny. But it's directed by uh, 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 George Roy Hill, who directed yeah. The Sting and Butch Cassidy. And I, I was listening to an interview with Chevy Chase, and he actually said that's his favorite movie of his. Really? Yes. Huh. He said it in an interview. And I was shocked because I never liked it. You guys liked it? Oh, I loved it. That's so the dog funny that farm won't stop running, hit. right? Yeah, yeah the, the dog, dog just stop running. Stop running. Yeah, yep. No, I totally remember. Yes. Yeah, I love when it gets dark in the middle when he just doesn't give a shit anymore. I everything about yeah, I, I really I did. I remember it. it. And you know he's wanting to write a book and he just can't do it. Then all yeah. of a sudden his yeah. <laughs> no, I, I loved it. She writes a bestseller, right? Yeah, and it's a kids' book. Yeah, yeah. So yep. um, what? How, so was that a hit? I, it made twenty five million dollars. So no, okay. No, no, no. I mean, not for what chevy chase had been doing before mm-hmm. but that partially it doesn't do as well because it premieres against now keep in mind you have crocodile dundee and rambo who are big global pictures and then big comes out <laughs> june 3rd goes big on to make phenomenon. 53 million dollars yeah i saw big that it, summer which it was not supposed to do i mean it was not funny I mean, farm should have been the hit I and it's a it's by. And let's face it, it's a body swap film too, guys. Another it's a one. body swap film, and it's directed by Penny Marshall. Uh, well, it's kind of a body swap. He wishes to be big. It's a it's a yeah. fairy tale. It, it's very much in the vein. I agree with Chad. We've already had vice versa and uh, 18, eighteen again. Yeah. yeah, but big. I saw that in the theater that summer. I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was cool. Listen, Tom Hanks says "fuck" in that movie, and it just went. Oh, I went oh, when I heard it. Don't know why. Which what you don't know was that's how he uh, greeted. What was the other guy in Booze and Buddies? Booze and I want to say uh, Booze, Booze and Buddies. Booze linked on his name. name. I can. That's how he greeted him every morning. <laughs> hey, fuck Booze and Buddy. Yeah, uh, so big. Do you guys like Big? I haven't seen it in a long time. I still do. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it in a long time either. But yeah, I, I'm. My wife I has a, a real uh, fondness for it, and, and I mean it's a fun movie. But I don't have that. You mentioned not having connections to certain films, even mm. though they were big. That's mine. I don't have, and, and again, I think it's 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 a charming film, sure, but it's just, it's it's, you know, it's held together by his performance because he's yeah. one of the few people who actually acts like a twelve-year-old boy would act. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the decisions. I mean, just mannerisms. He acts yeah, everything else apart. That's something, and it's Tom Hanks being just the a talented man at that time. And then you know, watching him then, you would never imagine that he transforms into the most one of the most dramatic actors of our time as well, well I was gonna say, yeah. because, and there's even that family guy thing where uh peter goes to see him in philadelphia and goes i love this guy he's hilarious <laughs> i've got aids see yeah. hilarious <laughs> terrible. terrible what's Fair. next so those are the only things on june 3rd we get to june 10th and let me just once again say okay so we went from action film dundee rambo 
we bounce back to comedy. So what are you going to counter-program with on June 10th? Whatever the hell you can. Here's what comes out. One of which I have got to see, but it's the lowest performing one that came out. This I week. hope you're raking a note of all the movies we need to see. So we have the telephone. Oh, he ain't raking a note. Of what's that. the Tim? What's the Tim? <laughs> well, why did he say raking a note? I, I don't know. I'm, ra- I say I'm raking. I raking. Yeah, nothing. but you ain't raking a note for shit. <laughs> um, it's, so it's coming funny. out this this uh, weekend <laughs> and not performing well at all, but I've got to see it. Is a comedy called Stars and Bars. Have you all ever heard of this? No. Let me just say some of the cast. Spalding Gray, Keith David, Joan Cusack, uh, Kent Broadhurst, Harry Dean Stanton, and Daniel Day-Lewis. A British art expert, Daniel Day-Lewis, travels across America in order to purchase a rare Renoir painting in the South, but comes across some crazy characters in the process, directed by Pat O'Connor. Yeah, we got to see this. I got to see that movie. But that does not do as well uh, as the next movie, Poltergeist Three. Still okay. Poltergeisting. Hey, we have direct. We have interviewed the director. Yeah, Poltergeist yeah. Three comes out. Only makes fourteen million dollars, uh, and Carol Ann doesn't come back for part four. Ooh, yeah, ooh, okay, a miss. So, sorry. but well, and- I. I remember seeing that at the drive. I saw that at the drive-in, and I lo- same with Big. I saw Big in the drive-in too. Um, yeah, going to the drive-in theater and seeing Poltergeist three and being completely creeped out. I liked Poltergeist three as a kid. Yeah. Um, apparently, and if you go back and listen to our, our 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 episode with the director, they they a lot of the practical mirror effects were still used in a movie that came out this year too, and that he did a lot of credited um, consulting on. And a lot of it still holds up, and it's all in camera. A lot of the stuff where they're walking in and out of mirrors is all in camera. And it, I'm just giving it props. First of all, he, he did our show and did a two-parter, and he, he was a really great guest. And second of all, simply because it's I, – I don't know. I mean, he got really fucked because the, the star died, and he was never able to finish the third act like it was supposed to be. Yeah, I well, haven't watched I, it in a long time, guys. I, I make ter- I made a terrible joke there, but no, it is, I mean the, the the legends that have came out of that movie and that yeah. franchise of it being cursed and everything happening, and I mean, I don't necessarily believe in curses. I'm not opening any tunes, so. Uh, <laughs> but there you go. Um, so Poltergeist three makes fourteen million. It is beat out though by a movie. Gary that Sherman. I have a, sorry, I, I was trying to yeah. remember Gary Sherman's name. Gary Sherman's talented guy. I have a huge soft spot for the next film that went, went on to make twenty million dollars. It's not a great film, but I love it uh, so much uh, because how could you go wrong with Mark Harmon of the time and Sean Connery? And I'm going to beat you with just my thumb. The Presidio. <laughs> the Presidio. I actually don't think I've ever actually seen the Presidio. I don't think I have. How can you not? Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan when people care. I don't know, fucker. I actually never had anything for Meg Ryan, but yes, Presidio. Um, She's in some movies. I'm the only one who had anything for Meg Ryan? I think so, yeah. She's in movies I like, Chad, but I don't have a thing for now. I think she's talented. I just never was, you know. I always think she plays the same character, but yes. Oh, she Um, does. But, but yeah, that character works really well in Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> I think it's a good um, movie. I think the only 
there's only two movies where I can I can think of where she didn't play the same character, Flesh and Bone, and uh, yeah, when a man loves a woman. Yeah, that's when she's an alcoholic, right? Yeah, yeah. She falls through that shower like a champ. <laughs> All right. It, I know you haven't seen it. I know you haven't seen it, Joe. But this may interest you. Do you know originally who was supposed to star in this? No, Chad? I do not. Uh, it would have been a different film. So the plot to the the Presidio, I should say, is basically um, uh, Mark Harmon's character is used to be a military police officer. Sean Connery's character was his his commanding officer. He leaves because they have a disagreement over the way they handle a drunk driver on base. He becomes a private, you know, a, a normal police officer instead of military police. But then there's a crime that happens at the Presidio, and he has to go back and help solve the crime because it involves the civilian forces too. And mm-hmm. it doesn't help that he's dating Meg Ryan, who plays Sean Connery's daughter. Now, that being said, the original plan for this was that it was meant to star Sean Connery and Don Johnson. Don Johnson had to drop out because there was some last minute issues with finishing a, the season of Miami Vice. And mm-hmm. Mark Harmon was brought on because he was available at the last minute. Talk about a happy accident. Wouldn't you love if all of a sudden it's like, listen, we're doing this picture with Ian McKellen. Uh, and we were going to have, I don't know, somebody else star, but they can't. Do you want to come in and do it? Yes. Yes, I do. James, yes. can you describe the, the movie poster of the Presidio? Yeah, he's it is Sean Connery looking forward, and then Mark Harmon has a pistola. (laughs) (laughs) It's nineteen eighty-eight, the year of pistol pictures. Yes, Um, or the whole eighties. Yeah, probably. So that, however, still wasn't number one. Went on to make twenty million dollars. But what does it get beat out by? Well, there's only one film that can do big business. (laughs) Was Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler. Right, yep. big business would go on to make forty million. It was uh, out of the movies that came out that week. I didn't know it was that big. It of a went out to be the biggest. It did big business. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Absolutely named. What else we got? That's it for June tenth. But June fifteenth, we get another midweek release, and it's a movie that stars Kevin Costner about the baseball, Boulder, <laughs> which is not actually about baseball, but. Both of them is it, it, it's, it does have a base, but it's a baseball it, movie. It has well, but I mean, not, there's there's not a ton of people that go. You know what the best baseball movie ever is? Boulder. I mean, some people, but it's not. Well, I mean, it's, that should be an argument. Yeah, well, you can have that there. argument. You can have the argument of being. I mean, wrong, I mean, what? Is, <laughs> it's not like there's any other baseball movies. I mean, no, what? no, there was no, no, other, no, there was uh, no Field the Dream. He, he or, never had any love for the game, or he never dreamed. I almost said Ten Cup. You don't get to talk about baseball. <laughs> I, I like it. All right, what's next? Uh, but Boulder midweek release went yeah. on to make $50 million. But, so it came out on Wednesday. What do we get on Friday? Don't know. The lowest earning, wax work. Uh, the mm. next is the action film, not to be confused with Dead Heat, sir. This is Red Heat. Oh, oh with, uh, yeah, with Stallone and, and Jim, Jim Belushi. Yep. Sorry, Jed. But no, I forgot okay. that Waxwork. Actually, I like Waxwork. We'll go back to real quick. It's a horror film. It's uh star, it's directed by Anthony Hickok, starring Zach Galligan from Gremlins. Uh it's a low budget, low budget horror film. It's got it's also got the great David Warner. It's just one of those third acts that goes absolutely bad shit nuts. You guys ever seen it? 
No. They made a sequel. John Reese Davies is in it too. And now I'm going to watch Red Heat. <laughs> Red, oh my God, I had I Go forgot ahead. who all was in Red Heat. I forgot yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, Gina Gershon. Peter Boyle. Brian James. Man, Brian James is busy this year too. Brian yeah. James is busy. He was yeah. And then let's not forget Pruitt Taylor Vince. Yeah. Again, one of those other character actors who just doesn't get the, the credit. Brian James is dead. Yes, he what? did. Yes, he did yeah. die. He done did die. He done did yep. die. He did done die. He did done die. He did done be. Uh, By but the way, the Red number Heat, one. Arnold Schwarzenegger on the pistol. <laughs> the number one movie that came out this year, I can get you all to guess with just one line. Yeah. If we can get some gristle down him, do you think you throw in some hats for the kids? I didn't know that that came out that summer. Great Outdoors, June 17th. I saw that at the theater, too. I loved it. Yeah, me too. And I watched it a few years ago, and I know it's not uh, Shakespeare. I watched it with my kids. But I think it's it's hilarious. I think it it still holds up. Yeah, no, my kids loved it. That entire thing with the bear, all Mm. of that stuff. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I always I, forget. I always forget Annette Benning is in that movie. Yeah, she's the wife, Dan Eckroyd's wife, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the loud, obnoxious one. Yeah, it's and yeah, no, Great Outdoors. I didn't know it was a hit. I thought it kind of bombed. I, I mean, forty-one million dollars. It wasn't. I huge, mean, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a it's a fairly decent sized movie. So I just yeah. love the Great Outdoors. I've got a fond place for it. I know it's dumb as a box of rocks, but I like it. You know what didn't help it though was it came out on June seventeenth, and then they did another midweek release on the next Wednesday, which somehow gobbled up all the box office that the Great Outdoors probably would have got more of, because Who Framed Roger Rabbit dropped. There you on go, June twenty yeah. second. As much as I hate that it took away Great Outdoors uh, profit margin, one of you my know, favorite movies of all time. You know who probably hates it more than you it taking away all the profit margin, Chad? You know who probably hates it a lot more than you? The movie that was released on June 24th, Chad, two days after Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out. Because see, on that Friday, Chad, they released a movie that was supposed to be somewhat modestly successful. I'm referring to Dudes. Oh God, dude! <laughs> John Carter. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. I've only ever seen the posters and scenes from it. You've never. It's. It's also got. Oh, what's his name? Dudes has a flea. His, no, what? not flea. Uh, but it does have flea. Daniel Roebuck. It, Daniel, Daniel Roebuck, whom I okay. Watch out, James. Whom I've met and is a very nice guy and works with Rob Zombie. He's going to be in the new monsters. He's playing uh yeah. Grandpa Monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, a, he's a good character actor, by the way. He's in another movie that we've we've talked about on here that no one ever remembers called Disorganized Crime that we like. Yes, yeah. That, that the way, completely I, lost. If you've never seen Dudes, let me give you the subject and how. Please do. This would have never like this. This movie never really stood a shot, especially not against Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Because remember, this is supposed to be a light-hearted comedy. Here's the synopsis. I love how we skipped Roger Rabbit to talk about dudes. Well, I, well, well we talked okay. about it before. In defense, I think people know Roger Rabbit. And we have to, and, and in defense of that, we have talked about Roger Rabbit ad nauseum. Uh, and, and how I much think uh, you've talked love. about Bill Murray, the whole nine yards. I think we've pretty much covered most of it. 
Yeah, can and I just mention? You, I haven't seen this. Go back and watch our catalog, folks. You'll get caught up. Yeah, yeah, no. Here's Roger here's, Rabbit. Here, here's the storyline for dudes, and again, lighthearted comedy, folks. Two punks from the big city traveling across the country in a Volkswagen Bug embrace the Western ethos when they must take revenge against a group of rednecks for killing their friend. Dudes, and the by death the way, is pretty. The death is pretty brutal, by the way. Yeah, if you yeah, after Mary Stewart's in it, leaving Flea, Daniel Roebuck, and John Cryer. Yes, TV's John Cryer, Lex Luthor, John Cryer. Did but, not uh, would only go on to make sixty thousand dollars because it came out the Friday after. Uh, in all fairness, it really didn't stand that much of a chance. It's not that great of a film. But <laughs> here's what I didn't know, and moving us forward, coming out a week after is a movie that does stand up and actually does really well against Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Same to a very different audience, though. Coming to America, June 29th. Oh, I didn't oh, man. realize I did it not came out, uh, yeah. They were really stockpiling that summer. Oh, don't worry. We're, we're going to get ahead. to July. And you know how now in movie theaters, July's a big month? Hold on. Is this the first of July? Okay. Gonna, so this is where you're going to break it? This is where, okay. So, folks, this is going to be the end of part one. Tune in next week for the beginning of part two, where we talk about July of 1988. Oh, and all of I, only July. And then we'll do part three three will be august yeah 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 yeah. no 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 we'll do all of next but i want to say uh it is true that july is not a huge month at the box office for for 1988 though there are some movies that we're going to talk about that you're going to be like oh yeah july 1988 so anyway we'll pick up from there yeah thanks guys tune in to bowhead Grrrr. <sighs>